so I think this won't be long. I, I kind of, I think I've, I've spent a number of weeks not hearing from the Lord very clearly at all. Um, and so I didn't have a lot to go back and, and pull from. Um, and he said, I'm fine. And so pay attention because I think really what I'm saying is I'm going to tell you what we're going to pray about later. And this is a, some stuff to like fuel what we're going to pray about later. But really the, the response time is the important time, I think, this morning. Um, I was <clears throat> praying maybe a week ago about... Uh, just church, like Lighthouse specifically, and the Lord told me I'm still the father of this house. So there's two things. There's, he told me this, and I've also had a dream um, that I'm going to tell you about and what I think the Lord is saying to us about it. Um, he said, I'm still the father of this house, and that's really comforting, but also it's a warning because it means he didn't tell me he'll always be the father of this house, and that is a choice I think that we make um, about whether we are honoring him as the father in the house. Um, and we can kind of stop doing that and not really notice and just keep going and having let go of his hand. And I know that we know that. Um, but I, I did feel um, the, the hug in the moment and also the warning in his voice. And he's a good dad, and he knows how to give that in, like, the perfect balance. Um, so I want to tell you about a dream that I had two nights ago. I really waited and waited. Um, Sam sent me a message, and she's like, how is it? And I'm like, well, <laughs> we'll see probably on Saturday what he says. Um, but so Friday night I had a dream, and this is the dream I had. I was at a, um, it looked like a really fancy like resort that has really fancy pools. Um, if you've ever been to a place like this, that's... Um, over the top with their swimming pools. And there was um, myself there. The sun was setting, and so the whole dream, the, the setting is all pink and orange and going into red. And, um, and there is a really um, shallow, big pool, and um, there is a worship team. And they're in the shallow pool up to, I mean, it's, I'm standing in it too. They can't see me. Like, I'm there observing, and the Lord is talking to me, but I'm not a part of what they're doing. And maybe like up to like mid-calf, I'm, I'm standing in this water, and they're in the water as well. There's also umbrellas over, you know, like all these like pool resort umbrellas. They're in the water too, so um, it's kind of um, covering these guys as well. <clears throat> and um, so their instruments, you know, there's like a piano, and it's sitting down in the water. This guy's down in the water, and the drummers, you know, he's calf deep into water, and the singer of um, this worship team is on one of those, like, lounge chairs. He's laying. And the, the part where I've come in, they, they're playing, and I understand that they are recording it. Um, and it is music that they play regularly, and it's being recorded. And he has just sang something, and I know that the Lord didn't let me hear what he said. Like, it's just one of those things that it was not for me to know. But he stopped singing, and he's laying on this lounge chair, and that's, like, where he's been singing from. So it's this really kind of official, they're recording it, but at the same time, they're in water. And, and he's laying, and it's chill. I mean, the whole, the whole feeling is really, like, these guys are really relaxing, and they're playing, and it's this, I think that's what Selah means, like, this musical moment where nobody's singing, but it's... Um, kind of the piano does this thing, and then the guitar kind of responds. And when the drummer comes in, 
Um, and there is just kind of this swelling musical moment. And I'm standing there watching it. And I know by the Holy Spirit, like, what has just happened, it's just music. And, but what has just happened is super important. Um, and the, um, the man who's laying down, the singer, because he's not singing at the moment, he just starts weeping. And I start crying because... He knows, I'm like, we know the same thing by the Spirit at the same time, and he knows, like, this recording um, is going to be a gift to the body all over, the, like, it'll be a gift to the body that they're recording something really important in what the Lord is doing just through this music. It's really important, and it's, it's going to do specific things. Like, he and I know the same thing. Like, the Spirit is going to use this music um, to awaken in the church, um, it, it's going to um, give grace for hearts to come awake for the sunrise. It's for the sunrise. Like, they're singing and playing at the sunset, and this is for the sunrise. And it's going to do two things in hearts. It's going to open hearts to receive the Lord with joy and um, with hope. So I'm seeing, I mean, we're crying. It's amazing because it just seems like it was music, and it was kind of a funky setting and then all of a sudden the Lord is like plowing us over with the like kind of the gravity of what's happening and how can just music do that kind of thing so I'm you know I'm standing there and I'm in the water and then all of a sudden like this perfect setting and this perfect thing has just happened and in the water um it's kind of it's starting to get dark um and the water is ripply so I don't see it super clearly but there's something coming at me in the water and I assume, uh, I think it's a crocodile, it's some kind of, it's about that size, and I just kept, in my dream, I think it's a crocodile, and it's coming near me, and I think I have a moment of, like, not sure, but then I'm like, well, I mean, the Lord is, like, doing this thing, and it's so, uh, you know, all the good feels, and so I just, like, I don't even think I try to hit it or anything, I just do you know do this thing in the water with my hand and assume like a fly it's just going to go away um and um it doesn't and it pushes me way back and um and that is when i woke up i i it was like i physically felt it like push me back and it woke me up um so these are some of the things that i'm seeing in this dream um, that this is a forerunner ministry. I feel like the band is um, just representative of what we do here and people do in other places, which is um, the forerunner ministry of, of um, going into the night. Um, the environment they're in, they're in water, like they're in the spirit. Um, there's like even the glory of even the setting sun is beaming in. They have the umbrellas, you know, and I think that speaks of, like, his grace and his glory shining on them. Um, they're in that kind of Hebrew 11's place of having entered the rest of the Lord. They're resting in the Lord. Um, and they're, um, it's prophetic. They're, they're gazing into heaven. They're asking the Lord. And they're receiving musical, you know, insight in, in music that is coming from heaven. And so, um, but it's happening before and what they're doing is for um, the edification of the body and something that the body needs for a later date, which is going to be the sunrise, to be able to receive the sunrise. 
but they're entering into it before because they're at peace. The crocodile has come to interrupt um, what is happening. Um, and um, there's um, the Bible refers a number of times to this Leviathan thing. Um, and, and so I, I tried not to read a bunch of other people's opinions about what it means, but I think there's kind of a general consensus that that means chaos and confusion. Um, is being sent to um, disrupt what's happening. And I feel like the Lord is saying, um, yeah, we were singing like that, that we're not backing down from any giants, but the Lord also is saying um, some kinds only come out by prayer and fasting. And that um, we don't want to be arrogant in where we're standing. Um, we want to go low. And... Uh, how we don't back down from any giants as we go and talk to our dad. And we, it's really important that he be the father of our house. Because, um, yeah, I've just, I went back and forth with this so much, but I'm just going to tell you what he's told me. It's a promise and a warning. This, I am still the father of the house. And um, something that he's highlighting to me is that the desire to quit right now is really high. Um, I've heard it from people in this room, but I'm also hearing it from people in other ministries. And so um, sometimes I think the Lord just kind of can open a door. Facebook's interesting like that. And you can kind of go, oh, I think we're not alone. I think this is in the church. And I was reading um, another ministry that I follow and she travels and she just put something out because I had written this down. The desire to quit is really real right now. And um, and she was kind of confirming that she's traveling and it's and she's and what she had said was it's not people in the middle it's it's mature believers that are um, being tempted to quit and and just to not quit and um something the lord reminded me of we're gonna get into the bible in a second <laughs> but something he reminded me of was um forrest gump do you remember the scene where forrest starts running and he runs for three years and and Sorry, you younger people that haven't seen it. He's eccentric, and he just does stuff. And he's, um, it's kind of a, yeah, he's just, he starts running, and he runs to the other side of the country, and then he's like, I'm going to turn around and keep running. And he just keeps running for three years. And the reason he started running was because some things went wrong, and he just didn't know how to process it, and it took him three years of running to kind of process and work through it. So, but in the middle of that, he's kind of a guru, and he doesn't mean to, and he's in the middle. Do you remember the scene? He's in the middle of the desert, and he kind of stops, and there's this whole pack of people behind him, and they all like, shh, he's going to say something, you know? And he's like, I'm tired. I'm going to go home now. And that was the big thing that he had to say. And some guy, and one of the guys, you know, he, this, he, he starts walking back, and the crowd splits like the Red Sea, and he just walks through them. And some guy's like, what are we supposed to do now? Because they were following somebody who seemed like they had something, right? Like, who would just run like that and have nothing? And he doesn't have anything. He was working through something, and then he was done. And the Lord is saying, like, it's really important that we're not running a race so that we can work through something. Like, why are you here? Why did you come? Because if you're here to work through some things, you know, you might work through them and then go, I'm tired, I'm going to go home. 
and like how sad he had all these people following them i mean they're foolish because they're following him but what if you have people that are following you and then they're like well what are we doing now <laughs> like, without vision about why we're running we're gonna quit so in the story forest kind of works it out and he no longer runs and Prayer and worship isn't something to work out our problems. Like, God is not our therapist. We're not putting our time in to get to be better people. Um, because uh, I went to physical therapy earlier this year, and I'm not there right now. Because the point wasn't for me to go and become more dependent on my physical therapist. It was to become, like, for him to help me and teach me about how my body works and why I'm having this issue and to enable me to stop coming to him. And, and he did, and, and I quit going to him. So God's not our therapist. He's our father. Without the connection to him as a father, um, it's all going to be in vain, and um, condemnation comes in, I think. Um, yeah, he says, without revelation of the father's heart, the house of prayer will be unsustainable and will stop. Um, it'll get, it'll just get too hard and we'll get tired and we'll be in the middle of the desert and we're going to stop and go like, I think I'm going to go home now. Relationship, um, with the father is the fuel in our hearts that keeps us coming back. And, you know, when we see him as a dad, yeah, we're going to run here when everything's going wrong, when we don't know what to do. Uh, with our finances or our kids and, uh, you know, there's crisis in the world. We are, we do run here, but um, it'll keep us in the practice of waking up early in the morning to come and tell them we love them. Dave does this. Um, to tell them good morning. <laughs> I remember when you started doing that, Lonnie. Good morning, Lord. It'll, it'll be like when everything's right. I want to go to a prayer set because it's so good right now. And I just, I have so much thanks inside of me. And sometimes I feel like I've got so much angst inside of me that I come here and it's easy to connect. Like, I'm going to work it out. But like, do I have so much thanks inside of me that it, it needs an object of affection? And, and to come and do that in, um, in the, not just in my private life, but in the, um, the assembly. Matured, maturing in the Lord means that we start having more two-way conversations. Um, you know, I know, Sam, you're having different conversations with, your, with, um, with Q. But, like, when he's 16 and you guys are working together, it'll be really different. It's cool. And he's, but he's, he's going to grow into that. And the house of prayer, it becomes a place that we live, and it's not just a thing that we're doing. Um, let's turn to um, Isaiah 26 and 7. So how many of you lead prayer or worship weekly? That's most of us. Or you have like a dedicated set that you come to and pray. It, yep, right, that's most of us. Um, so close your eyes for a sec, and um, what does it feel like when you're leading or prayer leading or um, up on the stage singing? And 
why do you do that? Like, why do you, like, imagine yourself that you're doing it, you're playing your guitar, you're at the keys, or you're worship, you're sitting in the front row, row um, uh, prayer leading. Why are you there? And what do you want? Where's the Father? Where's Jesus? Where's the Spirit? What do they look like? What are they doing? Like, with, even with their bodies, like, you know, what is Jesus doing with his arms? Like, what is the Father, what is he wearing? What is he looking like? Okay, you can open your eyes. It's really helpful. Um, sometimes I feel like the Holy Spirit's a little sassy with me sometimes, but he asks me that um, at least pretty seriously, like, once a year. Like, what are you doing here? Um... And usually it's because I've forgotten what am I doing here. And he will just say, why are you here? You know, why are you here? Let him ask you, like, what are you doing here? Well, it's on the schedule. I came and, and you know, okay. John was, he had a habit of, you know, being in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he got the book, you know, the, the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not bad, but I think if we'll let him ask us, he'll fill us with more understanding about, like, what we're doing here. It'll help us connect with the Father's heart. Um, and that's the warning that he's giving me, is it's really important right now for us to, um, to connect with his heart when we're here and let him be the father of the house. Um, Isaiah 27, and then I'm going to go back into 26. Hold on, I have to open this. I printed part of it. Um, I really liked it in the NIV. So I printed it out. The beginning of 27, it says, in that day, the Lord, so we'll go back and talk about what that day was back in 26 in a second, but it says, the Lord will punish with his sword, his fierce, great, and powerful sword. Leviathan, the gliding serpent. Leviathan, the coiling serpent. He will slay the monster of the sea. So there's coming a day where the Lord is going to slay the monster um, that showed up in my dream. So if you go back into 26, beginning at verse 12, there's, um, there's kind of, it's broken into sections. In this first section, 12 through 15, it's kind of a future a salvation, like his glorious reign. And it says, Lord, you established peace for us. All that we have accomplished, you have done for us, Lord our God. Other lords besides you have ruled over us. But your name alone do we honor. They are now dead. They live no more. Their spirits do not rise. You punished them and brought them to ruin. You wiped out all memory of them. You have enlarged the nation, Lord. You have enlarged the nation. You have gained glory for yourself. You ex have extended all the borders of the land. And then it kind of pops back into their present situation. It says, Lord, they came to you in their distress. When you disciplined them, they could barely whisper a prayer. And here's... The Here's the discipline. As a pregnant woman about to give birth, rise and cries out in her pain, so were we in your presence, Lord. We were with child. We have writhed in labor, but we gave birth to wind. We have not, we have not brought salvation to the earth, and the people of the world have not come to life. So, you know, the people of Israel, they're so full of all of these promises. Think of all the beautiful promises in the Old Testament that these people would have lived with. 
And, and this is the distressing thing that has come about upon them. The discipline that they're experiencing is um, they're, they're going through all this pain and what they're giving um, birth to is wind. And I was just, I, I know um, a family that lost a baby full term, like went to the hospital to have a baby and their baby, they did not come home with a baby. And they didn't know that was going to happen and, and just the pain that that family had to walk through. But imagine you went to the hospital to have a baby and you didn't even have anything to bury. It was just wind. You weren't even really pregnant. This is a real thing. Um, I, and I felt like the Lord told me this morning, phantom pregnancies. And I was like, is that a real thing? And I looked it up. It is a real thing. It's a medical condition where women can, uh, you know, it's, it's not really understood, but it's like something in your head um, can trigger your body into... Um, gaining weights, um, all of these physical symptoms that say you're pregnant and you're not. And um, even even all the way to like labor pains, which is a crazy amount of like mind-body connection. Like your mind can get your body to do some stuff. And um, I thought it was really interesting because this little article I was reading, it said um, it is more... Uh, it's decreasing in commonality because of um, uh, medical testing. You know, if you can take a pregnancy test, you can get an ultrasound. And, you know, if you think you're pregnant, you can have a doctor say you're definitely not. Like, we're looking, um, and, and I just think of the Holy Spirit, like, really looking inside of you and, being, and telling you whether you have a viable child in there or a child at all in there um, or not and just opening ourselves to letting him come and talk to us about like well, I think I might be pregnant with something and he's like nope it's not it's not that um, and, and this article said that it's much more common in cultures that really prize um, like fertility and motherhood and you can just see like that desire to have a child um, can drive something inside of a woman to, to really believe in her body to respond that she's having a baby and she's not. And it's, um, it's a really sad thing. And this is different from people who are, you know, crazy or, you know, have mental illness. It's a totally different thing. Um, and so it just made me think of um, the culture in the church. Like, we're in a culture that wants to be pregnant with something. Like, we crave fertility. Um, you know what I mean? Like in our ministries, in in our marriages, in our lives, like we're craving um, that we would be pregnant with things. And we have to be super careful to go and when we like when we think that we've got something, go to the Lord and let him examine us and tell us the truth about like what's going on inside of us. Um, not everybody in ministry that's walking around and telling you they're pregnant is pregnant. <laughs> And, and this is the woe, this is the distress because he's disciplining people who are, and the horrible thing is they're giving birth to wind. And I don't want to give birth to wind. I don't want to, I don't want to labor. I don't want to go through the heart, uh, the work. And this is, um, this is that weeping and gnashing of teeth and, and saying, I never knew you. And you thought you were pregnant with something. Um, he's talking about, sorry, I just want to read my notes. I might have said something important. I asked the Lord, I was like, how does a person get pregnant with the wind? And he's like, by having a relationship with a God that's not real. And just because we call it the 
Jesus, just because we call it Jehovah, doesn't mean like we're in a, um, a real relationship with him. And the really horrible part is, um, you know, they've given birth to winds. He's correcting them about it. They feel so ugh that they can barely whisper a prayer. They can, there's almost no connection to the Lord. They're in so much distress, and um, they've not brought salvation to the earth, and the people of the world have not come to life. Um, but look at this next part, because it kind of gives the answer to what should be happening. Um, but your dead will live, Lord. Well, wait a minute. Um, the, the pregnant ladies look a lot more promising for life, right? There's nothing like little cute pregnant, um, you know, young woman and so cute and they glow, you know, they got the glow thing on and their baby bump. That looks like promising. But he's like, well, your dead will live, Lord. Dead is gross. Dead is buried in the ground and it looks done. Their bodies will rise. Let those who dwell in the dust wake up and shout for joy. And there's that part of my dream where I saw that was part of the, that song. It was going to open hearts up to receive the dawn with joy. Your dew is the, um, like the dew of the morning. The earth will give birth to her dead. And who are the dead in the Lord but people who are picking up their crosses and following him? It's, it's in dying that, that we're resurrected. There's like this false... I never knew you fruitfulness. And then there's the genuine, we have to die to ourselves fruitfulness. And it's so hard because, man, you're just like, you're laying there and they're throwing the dirt over you in the hole. And it's like, I want to be the cute pregnant lady that looks so full of promise. I'm having dirt thrown in my mouth. And it just doesn't, it doesn't always feel good. But he's like, you just, like, we have to believe him. Like, we have to believe that what he says brings life is the thing that brings life. Lord, help us to die. Um, verse 20, it says, I put a so or a therefore into the NIV. It doesn't say that, but I'm going to put it. So, go, my people, enter your rooms and shut the doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until this wrath passes by. Um, and I think he's talking to the church, like, go. I mean, the the judgment is coming to the house of the Lord first. Like, go in your room. That's not a hidey place. That's a hide with the Lord and get right with the Lord place. Like, go in there and shut the door for a little while because this, this judgment of um, all of these not really pregnant people coming uh, in, and there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth in the churches, and there's going to be a whole lot of quitting as as. There's no fruitfulness. There's nothing in it. Like, why keep going? Lord, give grace to people to just humble themselves and let you bury them and raise them again. See, the Lord is coming out of his dwelling to punish the people of the earth for their sins. The Lord will disclose the blood shed on it. The earth will conceal its slain no longer. Um, the Lord says we're a forerunner ministry. Um, and I, the word forerunner, doesn't it feel so like... And it's like, you'd think it would come out a little more like, yeah, we're forerunners. And the Lord's like, that's why it's painful. That's why it's painful. Because while other people are walking around looking like they're about to give birth to something, 
amazing. We're like, we're the ones with the dirt getting thrown in our face. And it's small. It's, sometimes it's really hard to come, right? Like, it's hard to get here. We got family stuff going on. None of us are even in full-time ministry. <laughs> we're all working our jobs and going to school, and, and, and we come here tired. And, and it's not glamorous. So I don't know. Didn't anybody else think forerunner ministry? It would just feel more like glamorous. <laughs> And it's, it's the opposite. It's not. It's like, I, don't, I just see somebody in the jungle with their machete, like, hacking the trail. And they're, like, getting eaten by bugs. And you're like, we're going first. But we're going first. He's saying, go into your rooms right now and shut the doors behind you and hide yourselves for a little while. Till this, um, till this passes by, and I think he's talking about the church, until this comes through the church, like the, the, um, the fruitlessness of these people comes um, and pray the way that he asks us to pray about these people because that's hard. That's hard, hearing the cries of people that are going through a lot of pain and giving birth to the wind. That's hard. Lord, give us compassion. Um, If you, that's the end of 26, and then you go into 27, and it says, in that day, the Lord will punish with his sword. So this is the day that the Lord is coming to punish with his sword. And so there is a response, like there's this thing that we have to do, um, but the really good news is he's coming with his sword, and what he's killing with it is um, this Leviathan gliding serpent, the coiling serpent. Um, he's going to slay the monster of the sea, um, while we go low and we're tucked into our room with him, getting clean with him, focusing on him as our father. And then right after this, it says, sing about a fruitful vineyard. And he's talking about Israel. He's talking about us. I, the Lord, watch over it. I water it continually. I guard it day and night so that no one may harm it. I'm not angry. If only there were briars and thorns confronting me, I would march against them in battle. I would set them all on fire, or else let them come to me for refuge. Let them make peace with me. Yes, let them make peace with me. And so there, I mean, like all the prickly things that are between us and the Lord, like he's going to burn them, not in the good way, like the destructive way, or we can come and make peace with him, and that's maybe a good thing to do in the room when you go and shut yourself in. So, um, I hear hope that he's going he's not leaving us alone. Um, he's, he, will, he has intentions of killing the thing that's coming to disrupt um, pure worship. Um, but we can't pretend it's not there. And we can't, it would be unwise to ignore it. And then he says, um, verse 6, um, Isaiah 27, 6, it says, In days to come, Jacob will take root. Israel will bud and blossom and fill the world with fruit. So back in 26, it was like, and we didn't save anybody. <laughs> and the people of the earth weren't saved. And, and he's saying, there is coming a day when the earth will be full of fruit of the Lord. But it's, it's being done um, in the right way. Um, I read... 
just randomly, I think um, on Monday during the soaking set, I was just too uh, wound up. I couldn't like sit still. And so I was reading and I opened the book of Esther. Um, and it just, I've just been thinking about the book of Esther a lot. And I just see kind of Haman as this crocodile, like the snake in the garden. You know, there's the, the place where the king and his bride are. And then there's the bad guy, wicked Haman. And um, just kind of seeing him like uh, in that dream and just seeing like this beautiful worship and it's like the Lord's setting and and like I'm there and, and the whole thing is perfect and then all of a sudden there's kind of this bad guy in the middle of it and I won't I, I don't think we can go back there um, I just feel like there was a bunch of little things that I got out of it but one thing in particular was um, when Mordecai um, you know, he starts to mourn when the, the plot about um, that Haman has hatched is, is discovered and it's already in motion. And he goes into mourning like he um, goes out of the city and puts on sackcloth and people are weeping and mourning um, and fasting. And um, Esther catches wind of it. She doesn't really understand. She's, she's trying to comfort him. And it was like, wait, no, that's not... Comforting wasn't the right response. Um, you you got to come with me into this. And, and he leads her um, into the proper response about, um, about the evil that's, that is trying to kill um, these people. Um, Esther, and he asks her, like, go talk to the king because you're the one closest to him. And she is scared because that's really, it's, it's breaking the law to go and... Um, talk to him. The other thing, though, that she says is um, he, he hasn't called for me for 30 days, and just this distance between her and the king, and she's really um, not super sure about whether his affection is still with her or not, and, and I can just see that, um, like, I can feel for this girl, like, I don't even know if he still likes me, you know, um, and um, I, I was feeling that because it said, you know, he hadn't called her for 30 days. And I've just been thinking, wow, July has been a month of me, like, just not hearing the Lord. Um, very, very difficult. And it just feels like there's a lot of distance. And that felt really comforting to me. Because, you know, when she goes in, he's like, of course, you're my girl. You can have half the kingdom. You know, it, it, it's such a serious thing. It's such a scary thing for her. And he's like, he loves her. And he's sure about his emotions about her. And so um, yeah, that we would um, approach the throne of grace with confidence. And then um, just really quick, um, Hosea 6, 1 through 2 is um, part of, I think, what the Lord was telling me. I'm sorry, it's really disjointed. It's, it's not very smooth, but this is kind of like, I feel like I'm dumping my basket out in front of you. And um, this says, come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. And then Isaiah 40. Um, verses 28 through 31. Um, another thing I've really been noticing is a lot of birds of prey this summer, a lot. Um, I was here at the church, and there was some kind of hawk just 
I, I see them for sure, but like they're vocal right now. Um, are you? Yeah, they're really, um, I'm catching them yelling. I've got some kind of hawk that's living in my backyard, I think close somewhere out there, and it's out, I heard it again this morning, like yelling. And uh, I'm, so I'm really noticing it, and I feel like maybe Vince even said something about like, uh, yeah, so I don't know birds of prey very well, but there's birds of prey, and they're just big, and they're, they're yelling like they've got my attention. Um, and I think that means a couple of things, but this is Isaiah 40. It says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary in his understanding. No one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. And like, we should be praying for our kids. There's a lot of, there's some weariness of doing this. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not be faint. Um, and I just think of that, you know, Forrest Gump, I'm tired, I think I'll go home now. And everything in me, I, I get tired just thinking about running a race that where you're not supposed to get tired, like it's supposed to wind you up, not run you down. And how can we do that? And, and I think part of what the Lord is bringing, like these birds of prey, um, like the hawks and stuff to our attention is just this idea that we have to be, we have to fly and we can't make ourselves fly. Um, but we can make a choice to cry out to the Lord for it and take seriously if we're not flying. Um, because he's saying like, I'm still the father of this house, but if we are not fully embracing all of him and letting him be the father of the house um, and even the father in our own houses, um, we're going to get really, we're going to get tired and we're going to want to go home. Um, yeah. So I think you guys want to come up. So Lord, um, I just pray that you would help us to take your word seriously, Lord. Um, I just pray that you'd Stir up a response, my friends, that um, really out of love for you, God, and um, help us to see what you what you are saying and, and maybe um, what I added in that you weren't saying, but just help us to see clearly, Lord. Um, I pray that we would lean uh, really heavily on you, but that we would be leaning on you where we've propped ourselves up in our own strength. Help us to come out of that. God, we don't, uh, don't want to die. I just feel like the Lord says it's not his intentions that, um, that light hop fade and kind of go into the night. Like, it's his intentions that we live. So, Lord, um, dig a hole. Give us the grace to just lay ourselves down in it and say, have your way. We believe you. 